This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. This is Readers Entertainment Radio, and already my dog is saying welcome. Um, this is Patricia W. Fisher, and it is December December already. How did the year go by so quickly? I don't even know. Uh, it's December 5th. It's Thursday, and as always, we say, uh, I hope you're having a great day, Chris Hemsworth, wherever you are. But today, there's no reason to go anywhere else to look for Chris because we have an amazing, amazing author with us today, Susanna Nix. She is an award-winning author of contemporary romances featuring smart women and swoony men, uh, including the Chemistry Lesson series of rom-coms about women who work in the STEM fields and Starbucks seri- Starstruck series of, a movie star roman- of movie star romances. She's a member of the Romance Writers of America and Greater Houston RWA chapter. Susanna resides in Texas with her husband, her cats, her dog, and when she's not writing, she enjoys reading, cooking, knitting, watching stupid amounts of television, and getting distracted by Tumblr. And she's also a power lifter who can deadlift as much as Captain America weighs. So we'll throw a quick hello to Chris Evans, wherever you are, in that fabulous cable knit sweater that she wore in Knives Out. Um, so welcome to the show, Miss Susanna Nix. How are you today? Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I had to put my dog out real quick because she was saying hi over and over and over again. So she sends her <laughs> regards. <laughs> so you, um, let's see, how do we even start? So I love the fact that you have these beautifully fun, first the covers are wonderful, and then you have these wonderfully sweet and fabulous romances. Um, and I don't mean sweet, if you're listening, I don't mean this is necessarily a sweet romance. The story is sweet and lovely and fabulous. Um, and one of your Amazon reviewers said, your books are the kind of romances I want to not only read but live. So, you know, I know everybody always asks you this question, um, but why, why, why write romance? Why not write anything else? What was it that made you want to write romance? Well, I tried writing a bunch of different genres before I landed on romance. Actually, um, okay. I tried writing a historical fiction. Actually, I did write a historical fiction. I tried writing um, a paranormal mystery. I tried writing epic fantasy. And what I realized um, is that the part of all of those stories that I was the most invested in and I had the most fun writing was the relationships between the characters. And yes. all the plot was just, it was just so hard for me to like, you know, develop these complicated plots and sort of push the story through them. And all I wanted was to put two people in a room together and have them talk and fall in love. (laughs) So that's when I realized, Oh, I should be writing romance. (laughs) There you go. Well, and I think too, I think we all want that hope. I mean, it's definitely hope and positive positivity and, and just, you know, why, why, why not? You know? Exactly. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something really, really optimistic about romance. Because you know there's always yes. going to be a happy ending. And it's funny because people, I've, I've had people tell me, and, and I'm sure, you know, we've, uh, in Romance Landia, we've all heard it. Um, why write it? It's so predictable, right? And it's like, well, yeah. you keep going to Star Wars movies, and we know the Jedi's going to win eventually, so come on. Yeah. Um, but we all and, go I mean, because we like the journey. predictable, too. The predictability yeah. is very comforting. People love that about it. I mean, that's why people right. love mystery because you know that – the, the bad guy's always going to get caught at the end. If they don't, then you're going to be really disappointed and upset. 
Right. Even in a serial, like, I mean, you know, if you do the Janet Ivanovich, the, there's not mm-hmm. been really one, you know, bad guy strung through the whole thing. It's the series of events. Right. And then we keep getting the same crazy characters every every time. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. The comfort of knowing for sure what's going to happen. Like, if we read Stephen King, we all know we're going to have the pajizas scared out of, so, you know, and creeped <laughs> yeah. out. But it's told really well. Um, and, and that's kind of the, the cool part about it. So you started, you did romance. When was the first time or first book you finished and did it actually get printed or is it that, that symbolic book we say we finished a book and now we're going to write the book we're actually going to let people see? Well, the first book I actually finished was a historical fiction and I thought it was a romance. And then by the end, I realized that the, the heroine had actually turned down her suitor and chosen her career over love and I realized that's not a romance <laughs> right women's fiction so, okay but yeah romance. <laughs> that book is still in a drawer somewhere so it's women's fiction um but that book is still in a drawer somewhere um and so the first the first real romance that I wrote is my first book remedial rocket science and the first book that I published okay. and then why go in the you know, I know a lot of people have talked for the last several years about really getting more girls into STEM. You've got STEM Gems and A Mighty Girl and, and all these really cool organizations and push for more girls to get into STEM and STEAM. Um, but why pick that, that area for your, your first series? Well, it kind of it sort of happened accidentally. I had written the first book, and the character was an MIT graduate who, um, went, you know, a computer science graduate who had gone into IT as a career. And I sort of picked that in part because that's what my husband does, and so it was easy mm-hmm. for him to help me with all the technical um, jargon and oh, stuff. Oh, perfect. Um, and then once I'd written that, and I was, you know, looking at publishing it, I realized, oh, I I probably should try and develop this into a series. <laughs> But I hadn't planned right. ahead of time for it to be a series. And so I was trying to come up with, you know, a theme for the subsequent books. And Women in STEM was really big at the time. And, um, you know, people were talking about it a lot. And I thought, well, that's a great theme for, um, for a series because I have a lot of friends who are women who work in STEM fields. And, you know, you don't – I mean, there, there are actually plenty of romances with, with STEM heroines. But there's also, you know, I, I thought that, that there should be more, frankly. <laughs> I thought there was yeah. room for a lot more STEM heroines and romance. And so um, I just started, you know, picking from my friend's jobs and making them the heroines of romance novels. I love it. Well, and it's fun because, you know, one of the great lines that you have in um, Remedial Rocket Science is, you know, she basically says she can be herself and she doesn't have to worry about that. And I think that that's, you know, all of us want to just find that person that we could just be who we are with. Yeah. And um and that's, that's really right. swoony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really swoony. Yeah, it is. And then you've got these cool I mean, how much input I know that authors don't get a huge amount of input with their covers just because depending on the publisher. But I mean well, so Y'all came up with these I really amazing the covers. <laughs> oh I get good. all the input on my covers because I'm self published. Um but okay. honestly, I have to credit I have to credit them to my cover designer because, you know, I sort of, I didn't know what I wanted. I knew I wanted um, an illustrated cover um, because I was trying to sort of emphasize, I wanted something a little sort of hinted sort of comic booky because the heroine was sort of geeky and she had these sort of geeky interests and 
Um, and the books are not super steamy. So I didn't want, you know, like bare chested men on the cover because I felt like that would be false sure. advertising. Um, and sure. so I went to my cover designer and I sort of described vaguely what I wanted. And he just came up with these great covers. And they're just, I mean, they're so wonderful. So that's all to him. <laughs> So what's the input you're getting from women who are in STEM who have read your books? I mean, are they saying, yes, those formulas are correct on the covers? Or, you know, I mean, <laughs> what kind of <laughs> – because it never fails. You know, like I was a nurse for years, and, and I'll be watching something, and I'll be really into the story, and then something will happen. And I go, no, that's not, that's not it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. You know, actually, the, the feedback has been really positive from people who do work in STEM – on the first book, I think, because the title is meant to be metaphorical, remedial rocket scientist, she's not a rocket scientist. She works, she works in IT. And so I did get some people that were like, I thought there'd be more rocket science in this book, which I'm like, did you really sure. want rocket science in a romance novel? But they did, apparently. So the second book, oh. she is a rocket scientist. Um, but, yeah, the people who have worked in the fields that I describe in the book, for the most part, I think, I think they've all, like, been really pleased with it. Um, I've gotten comments from people, you know, saying this is exactly what it was like for me. I really um, relate to her struggles as, you know, a woman trying to uh, be heard in the workplace um, and, you know, a lot of that sort of stuff. So, yeah. And then, you you know, and you have four. So you have the remedial yes. rocket sciences first, inter intermediate mm -hmm. thermodynamics, advanced physical chemistry, applied electromagnetism. And, yes. and so you just really kind of hit all sorts of different angles for this and just so much fun and the, and the uh, covers are fabulous. And so, um, and this is the chem applied chemistry series, correct? Uh, chemistry lessons. Chemistry lessons. Thank you. Um, yes. so yeah, I just, it's so much fun. And then you did something completely different for your Christmas book. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote I wrote a small town romance that's actually like partially YA because it starts when they're in high school and and you follow the characters through ten years um, and you just meet them on Christmas Day every year for ten years um, as they sort of grow up and grow apart and then back together. And what made you? What was the catalyst for this story? Um, it was you know I was trying to come up with a Christmas novella I knew I wanted to release something around Christmas um, and I just wanted I wanted to do something different and potentially maybe set up a new series that I might write in the future and I you know I've been okay. wanting to, to do something small town setting um, and something in Texas because the chemistry lessons books all take place in Los Angeles um, and yeah. so I wanted to write something that takes place in my home state um, and so I just thought, well, let's just make up a small town and populate it with all these characters that if I ever do decide to turn it into a series, then, you know, I can revisit them. And uh, the story itself was actually um, partially inspired by a Rainbow Rowell short story um, called oh, Midnight's, I think it was called. And it, and it follows okay. like a pair of best friends, like through a few years on New Year's Eve. Um, and I thought okay. that's a really cool thing, just sort of meeting up with these people once a year. And so that's where I got the idea for that. So I, when you did, did you live in L.A.? So were you familiar with I the setup and everything? Not, I've, I've never lived in L.A., but I have had friends who lived there that I've gone to visit a lot over the years. Um, and my editor lives in L.A., which is really helpful because <laughs> she'd oh, be sure. like, yeah, we wouldn't, this, is, this is wrong. We're going to fix this. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. So I was laughing because there's a – I don't know if you've watched Saturday Night Live, but they, they did this skit for years um, called The Californians. And, yes, I remember um, that. <laughs> and everything was – you know, if you're going to take the PCH, but you can't take it after five, and then you jump on the what? I mean, it's just like it, it, everything yeah. is about in what direction they're going to drive. Um, yes. And, so, and uh, Gemma Halliday does something like that. Her High Heels Mysteries is set up in L.A. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, I read it, and I'm like, oh, I could like this is a map. I could figure out how to get places here because she's she's I I would just, you know she lives there so. Um, but yeah, it's just it's all those little things that people will readers are really interesting because they will say, you know, you can't do that. I mean, I yeah. love your story, but you, that that's not that street, and that doesn't intersect there. <laughs> yeah, there was actually a scene that I wrote in um, the first book that my editor edited for me, and I I had sort of picked a restaurant and looked at it on on Google Satellite, and I was just I didn't name the restaurant, but I described the street that they were on. And she was like, I know exactly right. what restaurant this is. Do you live here? <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just did my homework. <laughs> so, were you always interested to write, or what was your initial? You know, when you were younger, you're like, I'm going to be this when I grow up. Um, well, I, I actually, I went to college in San Antonio, actually, to Trinity, and I was a communications major, and I did advertising and uh, public relations um, for uh-huh. a while. And, I, you know, I wasn't one of those people that, I didn't want to write when I was young, like when I was a kid. It wasn't until sure. I became an adult that I started sort of thinking this would be something that would be fun to try. Um, and once I became a stay-at-home mom, and I sort of needed something to sort of keep my mind engaged, um, sure. I started started trying to write more then. So I spent a lot of years just sort of writing on my own. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in San Antonio as well. And so I, my had a a cousin years ago that went to Trinity. So I'd heard about it for a long time. And then my daughter who was on yearbook, uh, she went to Trinity for a workshop, like a day long workshop for middle schoolers. And she said they were so impressed with the cafeteria because they had king size Snickers. She was very impressed with yeah, Trinity. It was, it was not like that back when I went there. I went there back right. when dinosaurs roamed the earth before Starbucks was even a thing in Texas, and it was not that nice. Right. Yeah. I was at UT, and I'm like, yeah, there were no king-size Snickers there either. I did not get king-size Snickers. No. No, I don't even think they existed at the time. So, uh, but yeah, it's a and and it's and it's in a cool area. Trinity is in a really cool yeah. area of town, um, and you can walk everywhere. It's it's they're right down from the zoo, um, mm-hmm. and now they've gone in and they've redone the zoo and there's all sorts of like new pathways and they're extending the river walk all the way to the zoo, like this massive mm. project. Wow, so you could be, that's amazing. You, you, Right, so you could take there's you know you know the train that goes around the zoo, yes. and so my understanding is you'll be able to i guess catch the train and it'll take you back around to the zoo and then you can go to the witty and then walk you know along Broadway there and everything, so it's supposed to be a pretty cool deal so oh wow, that's yeah, we'll great. see I know huge, so <laughs> you've got um your 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 stem series you've got your your Christmas series, but you don't just have mm-hmm. that. Wait, that's not all. You have a <laughs> falling, fallen star and rising star as well. So tell us yes. a little bit about those. So those are movie star romances, um, which I kind of just wrote for myself um, for okay. fun because I was sort of 
you know, the STEM series is great, but sometimes I just wanted to be able to sort of break out of that mold and do something um, a little bit different. And the movie star books are a little steamier. They do have hot guys on the cover because, <laughs> yes, because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're a little more uh, mainstream romance. Um, and I've never worked in Hollywood, but I've got friends that have, and I've been on a, to been a, lucky enough to visit a few movie sets. Um, and I was actually an extra in an episode of the West Wing way a long time ago and spent a couple of days on nice. the set. So I drew on those experiences for, um, for those books because I was able to sort of write the behind-the-scenes Hollywood stuff, um, hopefully, right. hopefully, fingers crossed, kind of realistically. <laughs> right. Well, and, I, you know, we all know that, that uh, truth is stranger than fiction. So even if you came up yes. with something kind of outlandish, people would be like, oh, man, she totally made this up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just sort of my own. Like, it's one of my favorite tropes. I just love it. I mean, because I love Chris Evans. And doesn't everybody want to imagine that, you know, they, <laughs> that Chris Evans is going to fall madly in love with them? I think that that's a totally, <laughs> For that's a totally awesome thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Goals. Hashtag. Dream yes. big or go home, right? Exactly. Um, yes. <laughs> so, are you? What are you planning for? What is your future stuff? Because you are you going to do more in your star the the Starstruck series or the the chemistry series? I mean, what are you thinking? Um, I'm definitely going to do more of the chemistry lesson series. My I'm just started working on the next book in that series, um, and I'm not sure how long that series is going to go on. Probably for as long as I can uh, think of ideas for it, maybe forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, right? yeah, but I just started on the next book and that'll probably be out next summer, hopefully. Okay. Um, yeah. What's your, I mean, you're a stay-at-home mom, you got, you know, busy four-legged children as well that keep mm-hmm. you distracted, I'm sure. But so what is your general routine? I mean, how do you, do you have, do you plot? Do you kind of wing it? I mean, how do you, how do you get your stuff done? Well, I'm an empty nester now. My kid's off at college, so um, the house is nice and quiet during the day. And uh, okay. I, I do all my writing in the morning because I'm a morning person, um, and that's when I'm, my brain is sort of the most active. Um, and so I usually get up in the morning and try to get my word count done um, as much as I can. And then I start, then I spend the rest of the day doing like either stuff around the house or I do, there's a lot of like marketing, social media, all that kind of stuff that I have to do because I'm self-published. I have to do all my own, manage my own advertising and all that. So it's a lot of work in addition to the writing. Um, But, and I do, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of halfway between like um, a seat of my pantser and a plotter. I do outline Mm -hmm. But my outlines are a little bit vague. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't get super detailed in the outline stage. I tend to leave some sort of room for improvisation along the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people, you know, gone are the days of I wrote a book and the publicist takes and the the publisher takes care of everything. Because um, yeah. even if you get published by a publisher. Um, you are really responsible for, you, I'd say, a good 80% of your own, of your own marketing um, after that first yeah. couple of weeks of release. I mean, your, your publishers will do some stuff for you, but really you're the one who's supposed to be keeping it in the mind of, of readers. And so doing it all by yourself, um, do you have something that you feel like works the best because um, you know, people talk about blog tours, they talk about all these different things. I mean, what have you seen the most success with? 
Um, really, it's been a combination of luck and cross promotion with other authors. Um, mm-hmm. it, if you can, if you can find the right author that um, who's you know has a lot of overlap with your readers, and you can okay. sort of do some cross promotions with them, that that really can work amazingly well. Um, if if the if the if the if she's she's not quite the right um, audience, then it it doesn't always hit as well. Um, so you know it's kind of a it's kind of a game of chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I do Facebook advertising, um, and you know that takes a lot of <laughs> study and work to get it right. Um, sure. But yeah, a combination of those things I think are really the biggest factors. And I think too the I mean also just promoting other other writers just because oh they have any release and I think that it's yeah. it's a give and take. I mean, never ever ever say, Will you advertise my book or put it on there and then not reciprocate. I mean that's not never yeah, it's, okay. It's a, it's a community and if you lift someone else up you're lifting everyone up, really. Um right. and so it's I try to, you know, um lift up other authors as much as I can and every once in a while someone will return the favor and you know, just put good deeds out in the world and hopefully good deeds will come back to you. Right. So what has been the most fabulous response you've gotten from your books? Um, probably, uh, probably from like a woman who um, is actually a rocket scientist and who read my second book about the rocket scientist. And one of the, the subplots of that story is the heroine sort of struggle to um, be taken seriously um, in mm-hmm. a male-dominated field. And, you know, her male coworkers were sort of um, shutting her out a little bit. And she was, um, there's, you know, she has a real journey trying to figure out a way to make herself heard. Um, and, and somebody wrote to me and said that they really, really related to that aspect of the story and to that character in particular who has the exact same job as them. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. that's, that kind of feedback's always nice. Um, yeah. I, I, I write a medical series, and so I'll get people to kind of joke and say, I can't believe you came up with some of this stuff. And it's like, oh, I didn't really <laughs> make it up, you know. Um, yeah. it, and like you're saying, you know, you're talking to your friends, I'm sure there's things in there that you're getting good feedback on, and other people are like, there's no way that that's what's going on. Um, yeah. Did you want Did you want to bring more of an awareness of women in STEM by doing that, or did you just wanted to write about women in STEM? I definitely and it did. just fell I mean, I into the other. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely did. I mean, I think that's part of it, right? Like, you can't really sure. um, realistically show women working in STEM fields without showing the challenges that they face. Um, it's right. just it's just part of the job. Were you surprised by some of the stuff your friends were telling you when you were doing the research? I was not really. Um, I mean, yeah. I sort of <laughs> knew just you you hear enough. Actually, one of the movie star books. Um, is not a STEM book, but the heroine is a sociology PhD student. And that book, the, sh- her storyline is she's being um, sexually harassed by her academic advisor. And I wrote mm-hmm. that book during the Kavanaugh hearings in the area of, you know, when Me Too was really um, in the news a lot. And a friend of mine who works in academia showed me, I don't know if you remember the the men in ho- bad men in Hollywood list that was kind of going around. It was like a shared doc mm-hmm. that if you've had a bad mm-hmm. experience, 
put your experience down and, and it was like a whisper network of who to work, watch out for. There's one for right. academia too. And a friend of mine linked me to it. And so I went in there and I was reading all these firsthand accounts of all of this harassment that women had experienced in academia. And, and it, the saddest thing was how many of them ended with the woman leaving the program and choosing a different career. Um, it just, it just destroys career, like so many promising careers, the way that people are treated. And so that was very intentionally um, a major part of that book. Um, and I, you know, I wrote that because I really wanted to bring more attention to, you know, the way that, that women are being treated. I think that you bring out a really strong point because, you know, uh, we've all talked to people that, that say, oh, it's just a romance novel and, you know, they're just falling in love. But we have this wonderful canvas to really talk about some heavier subjects and bring that to light along with the journey of, you know, happily ever after. Um, mm-hmm. Because not everybody's just going to come and say, I like you, you like me, and that, that works. I mean, everyone's got their, their stuff that they're working through. Um, yeah. And I'm and you know, so glad that uh, we will step up and say, no, we're going to write about this, and you know, you're going to read it, and people are going to get more aware. Um, and, and I think it's important. I think not shying away from heavier subjects is important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you're writing your fifth book uh, for the chemistry mm-hmm. lessons. Which character yes. is this? So this is a whole new character, and um, I'm not ready to say what her job is yet. But um, I okay. just uh, just the other night I did my first interview with a friend whose job I'm basing it on. Um, and so I haven't worked out the details yet, uh, but she is going to be a Ph.D. student um, in, okay. in a science field. Um, so yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, once I've gotten, gotten some more of the detail, I'm still in the outlining phase right now. So I'm throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and I haven't figured out what's going to stick. <laughs> so have you gone down to, have you, uh, uh, there's a whole, let's see, it's five female astronauts is the next team that's going to go up, I think in the space station. And, but they, have mm-hmm. you sent them the books? No, <laughs> no, I didn't really think about that. <laughs> You should. It would be a really fun PR thing. I mean, why maybe not? All of them have been through all this stuff. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah. You know, I, I say that because, so I wrote uh, with, a, with a group of authors with Chile, and we did one about uh, first responders raising money for uh, like a boys and girls club in town and they decided to do a calendar and so we were joking because the Australian firefighters calendar had come out and they always send their video out about making the calendar and everybody watches it like 75 times and um, so I posted it on my author page and of course tagged all the authors and then tagged the Australian firefighter calendar guys and um, said, you know, here's our inspiration for our series or what have you, you know, ha ha, whatever. And the guys wrote back. Wow. And yeah. And they said, what is this? What are you guys doing? So then we ended up talking back and forth and then we sent them the books and one of the books made the calendar for the next year. Like he was reading it while this puppy was sitting on his shoulder. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) So it was one of those things you're like, you just don't know. You should send That's it. That's incredible. Maybe I will then. <laughs> you should. Maybe you should it offer it. Just shoot it there. <laughs> yeah. Take it out. I mean, you know, why not? Why yeah. not? The worst they can say yeah. is nothing. 
<laughs> exactly. So you also, you, along with writing and, you know, all these other things, you also power lift. How long have you been doing I that? I do. Um, I think it's been about oh, six or so years. I don't, I don't compete. I don't do it competitively. Um, my husband is a competitive power lifter, um, and okay. he's also a coach. So um, I started it because I was having, like, really bad chronic back pain and from okay. being a writer and just sitting and hunched over a computer all day. And I kept throwing out my back doing stupid stuff like picking up a pillow. So embarrassing. And, uh, and so he finally was like, you really need to work, get some, do some strength training and build your core strength. And that will really help right. prevent some of this pain that you're having. And I mean, it really has like so much of my repetitive stress pain has just gone since I started powerlifting. So um, it's been really, really helpful <laughs> to sort of, you know, to yeah. make myself able to sit and write all day. Yeah, and then you're not, you know, achy and what have you. It definitely makes a difference. Yes. So I'm let's achy back from up lifting, July. but not from using the computer. <laughs> right, right. Uh, the good, the good burn, right? Um, exactly. It's a good so, ache. It's a productive ache. <laughs> <laughs> so let's back up to July. And you are sitting, well, first I guess we'd have to back up further than that, or farther than that. It would be when the Rita Awards are announced, and you're a finalist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, for mid-length. So what are you thinking when you get that phone call? I was stunned. Um, I didn't, I just didn't expect to be able, I just, I had no expectation that I would be a finalist, much less a winner. Um, and they called you, um, and I sort of knew that they were making the reading announcements that day, but I didn't really think that I had a chance. And so I got an, a call from an unknown number, and I don't answer calls from unknown numbers, <laughs> so I didn't answer it. And then it occurred to me, oh, wait, maybe you should have answered that. And then the same number right. called back, and I, I did answer it, and it just blew my mind. I mean, it was just such a shock and, and such an amazing honor. And how did you celebrate um, how did I celebrate? I don't, I think, I don't, I'm not sure that I did. <laughs> I mean, I must, I was, I was in the middle of writing a book at the time. And so right. I think maybe, I'm sure my husband and I probably went out to dinner. I don't, <laughs> I didn't right. do a party or anything memorable like that, but. <laughs> sure, sure. And then you go to New York and mm -hmm. you're sitting there and you go to, you get to go to the luncheon, you get to go to the rehearsal because they have you walk through um, yes. Of course, you had to go through picking the right clothes to wear because it's a fancy night. Um, it is a fancy night. It, and I was, you know, I was like, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to have to go up on stage and be in front of the live stream. So I don't need to try that hard. But again, I was like, I'm going to practice my makeup <laughs> just in case. Right. <laughs> right. So let's, you know, just in case. Um, just in case. And then you win. Yes. I mean, what what was going through your mind? Did you just blank out? Did you nine thousand things at I once? Did. I mean, I literally I literally sort of blacked out. Um, I don't remember walking up on stage. I actually had to ask later because uh, Rochelle Allers had presented me the award. And later on, I was like, did I hug Rochelle Allers? I can't remember. <laughs> I hope I hugged her. <laughs> and uh, so I just was on autopilot, and I actually was a little. 
like I was sort of half convinced that it had been a mistake that they'd done what they did with Moonlight at the Oscars and read my name by mistake. <laughs> and oh, so when they actually, right. Like I, when they actually handed me the award, I looked at it and it, it actually has like it's already engraved with your name and your book title. And I was like, I guess this is oh, not wow. a mistake. This is real. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, Terry Wilson won. So we had, you know, you and Terry won here from the Texas chapters. And we were all there, and we were sitting there, and we were looking, and we heard her name, but then we all sat there for a second. It was that same kind of pause of, okay, wait, did they really say? And then they they will flash, of course. Right, and then they flash the book cover up on the screen, and it'll say, you know, winner. It's because they've already done all the graphics. And you're like, oh, it is. And, I mean, I would guess that that's kind of that same pause. It's like, wait, did they say my name? Because you don't want to walk up there and go, oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually, that would be a brilliant, brilliant, horrible moment for someone in a book. (laughs) Right? If you had a similar name to the actual winner, you thought they said your name. I should so write that. You should. <laughs> I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> so, and then what did you do after? What did you go to do cel- to celebrate? Because I know you celebrated because all your peeps are there, and, and you know, it's a big yes. deal. Yeah, my husband came. He was so, like, he almost didn't come. I told him, you don't have to come. You know, you're going to be so bored. Don't worry about it. You know, I've got some friends there. Um, and I'm not going to win anyway, so just stay home. And then sort of last minute, he, he like, decided to fly up there. And uh, I already had roommates, so he had to stay in a different hotel all the way across the city. Um, but he was so glad that he was there. Because he's like, if you, if you had won and I hadn't been there, I would have felt terrible. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so we stopped by the after party. And, um, and then we actually went across the street to Junior's to get something to eat because, you know, we yes. were starving. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think I visited Junior's when we were up there at least three times. Yes. Yeah, because it's so convenient and delicious. <laughs> well, yes, for sure. And plus, you get so busy with your workshops that you get to be 8 o'clock at night, and you say, oh, wait, I didn't eat anything today. So I should yeah, probably exactly. eat something besides I mean, I, a fiber bar. <laughs> I was eating protein bars in the room before the awards ceremony because, uh-huh. you know, you have to, like, I had to go back to the room and, like, wash my hair and put on my makeup. It was a whole thing. And then, you know, the awards are basically during dinner time. And so, um, and I think we got lemon drops <laughs> to eat. Yeah, I think we did. They yeah, got lemon so, drops and coffee. I think that's what we got. Yeah. So I was, like, <laughs> I was, like, scarfing protein bars so that I wouldn't, like, pass out. <laughs> you know, the first time I went to RWA, it was in Dallas. And that was, what, like 11 years ago or something. And um, I packed a bunch of extra protein bars in my bag because I thought, you know, I'll save money this way. And then I think Mm -hmm. I had, like, hoarded a bunch of points and had, like, my um, Starbucks gift card so I could, like, throw everything on there if I needed to just grab something and live on coffee for four days. And um, it was funny to find so many other people did the same. Yeah. Yeah, because I just well, thought, I well, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is my very first RWA national conference because I'm pretty new to all okay. of this. But I used to go to Comic Con back in the uh, mid 2000s, 
So I have some con-going experience, and I knew, like, okay. bring protein bars, plan around meals, make sure you're getting sustenance. I think, what was the rule that we used to say for Comic-Con? I think it was four hours of sleep, one shower, and two meals per day. Like, make sure that's the bare oh, wow. <laughs> so when you went to Comic-Con, did you dress up, or were you just going to people watch, or what did you do? I did not dress up. I'm not a cosplayer. One of my characters is a cosplayer, but I am not personally. Um, we would just go just to see, you know, my husband, actually, we really liked um, Artist Alley. This was back before it was quite so huge. So you could just kind of right. walk up and down Artist Alley and talk to um, the artists and buy books and stuff, and that was always really fun. And then it was cool to go to the big, the big panels and, you know, get previews. Um, of, you know, the upcoming TV shows and movies. And, you know, we, you'd run into celebrities, like, just in the lobby of your hotel because, like, they're mm-hmm. in the same hotel as you. You just end up riding in the elevator with them back then. I think now it's a little too crowded to do that. Right. But it was a lot of fun. So what was the most friendly celebrity you met? Um, I'm trying to think. Um. There was one year where we kept bumping into Joss Whedon like oh, like four times, and he was very nice, but I think also a little bit shy and overwhelmed. Um, so yes. He wasn't unfriendly, but I think he was kind of like a little quiet. <laughs> um, sure. But he was very nice, and you know, we took pictures and got him to sign some of our comic books, some of uh, the X Men books he'd written. Um, and uh, Seth Green was actually down the hall from us one year, um, from Buffy the okay. Vampire Slayer and and Robot right. Chicken. Um, and he rode in the elevator uh, with us. Our our daughter was like, I don't know, 10-ish at the time. No, she was a little younger, I think, nine, eight or nine. Anyway, um, and he rode in the elevator, and she was eating ice cream, and she, like, offered to share it with him. <laughs> and he was, like, chatting <laughs> with her. So that was adorable. That was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> after, you know, after a while, when you keep running into people like that, I think um, we were somewhere, and I kept running into someone, and it wasn't anybody famous, um, but this um, – author and I kept running into each other and I think I finally turned around and said stop following me you know just like as a joke, yeah. <laughs> as a joke. we got to get laugh out of it I don't think I saw her again after like, that <laughs> yeah conferences are weird because you'll keep bumping into the same people over and over but then the yeah. people that you're trying to find you never can find like you never see them <laughs> strange how that works right or you have to purposely say be here at this yes. time so I actually see you yes yeah, it's it's weird, and then there's always in every conference too. Um, there's always that one person that you see over and over, and you may have never seen this person at a conference before, and they've been at several, and you just keep running into them, and mm-hmm. that's your like your conference check-in partner, you know, just kind of unofficial, and so you keep yeah. seeing each other, um, and so that, yeah, I think that's I just one of the that. fun reasons about them. Yeah, I just uh, was at Romance Author Mastermind here in Houston just before Thanksgiving, and a friend uh-huh. of mine was there, and every time I went into the bathroom, she was there in line in the bathroom, <laughs> and we, we just became this joke, like, that we were on the same bathroom schedule, because literally every single time I go in, there she was, and I always saw her there. I la- Well, so years ago, I was at um, Anaheim, and my roommate came back to the room, and she was just in hysterics, because... There was <laughs> it was the chat with Nora Roberts that Nora Roberts mm-hmm. does all the time, and she's answered the same 50, very graciously answered the same fifty questions for however many years she's done this. And 
so of course everyone's taken off for the bathroom afterwards because it's, it's like at eight in the morning and everyone's had coffee and you know so everyone's in the bathroom and um my friend is in one stall and then there's a woman next to them and then there's um another woman on the other side and the woman in the middle is just so excited to be at this conference like she is talking to everyone while she's in the stall and um <laughs> she's just going oh my god it's the most fabulous conference i can't even believe i'm here and blah 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 and she's just going on and on and she says have you been to a conference before and she's like there's this huge pause in the bathroom because everyone's just thinking who is she talking to and she the woman in the stall next to her says in this low gravelly voice yeah yeah i've been to a few of these conferences and she's like oh my gosh this is so exciting i'm whatever her name was what's your name and she's like I'm Nora, Nora Roberts. <laughs> and everyone just lost it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you just never know. I guess that's why conferences are fun because those those tiny moments that you just kind of yeah. gather um, and run into people and network. And it's just, um, it's just very cool. So, so you've got, you've done the mastermind conference. What other events or appearances will you be making in the next say six months or so? So next year is actually my first year that I'm doing book signings. I've held off on book signings because I wanted to, you know, actually have people have heard of me before I started paying, you know, they're expensive. That's to fair. These things. So, um, <laughs> so next year I've got a signing in Cleveland in March, uh, lay, all, lay all your books on me. And then in June, I'm doing Rare Edinburgh in Scotland. So that's very that's exciting. Fabulous. And then yes. and I think it's August is Book Bonanza in Grapevine, Texas. So that is also extremely exciting. Yes. And then you'll be at RWA. Um, yes. Looks like you'll be at RWA in San Francisco in July. Yes, I will. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. You've got a busy year coming up. I do. I'm going to have to work all my writing in between all of these travel plans, which is, again, another reason that I've held off on doing signings, because travel is so exhausting. It really takes a lot out of me, and so having to come back from travel and try to get back in the writing groove is always a struggle. So I'm going to have to be very organized this year. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think we all feel like we're going to get a huge amount of writing done at some of these conferences because we're going to be around all these like-minded and creatives and brainstorming. And I think a lot of times we just get back to the room and it's just, I just need to sit in the quiet and not talk to anyone, including myself. Yeah. I can never get any work done when I'm traveling. I just, my brain is just so fried that I can't really focus on anything, but I know some people do. I mean, there was a quiet room um, at RWA where for people to go mm-hmm. sit and write and I'd walk by it and and they're working. I mean, some of them had deadlines, like during the conference. Right. So they had no choice. Um, but I, I'm so impressed by people who can just be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to go sit down for 30 minutes and do some writing." I yeah, <laughs> I honor you. Yeah. <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> Throw down a thousand words. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I wish I could do that. Please teach me your magic. Right. Right. Oh, please. Um, well, we have about a minute left, and so I just wanted to tell everyone, if you are looking for Susanna, you can go to, Su- um, Su- I'm sorry, Suanna, uh, Nick. So it's S-U-S-A-N-N-A-H-N-I-X.com. She's also on Facebook, yep. Twitter, Instagram, Amazon, Goodreads, and BookBub, and all of those links will be in the write-up of the show. And presently, her book that's out right now. Maybe this Christmas is her most recent release. And then she also, you've got Applied Electromag- Mag- 
electromagneticism is out as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So just saying that might be a really good gift for someone on your list or yourself um, as you uh, think about gifts uh, for the holidays. So I really appreciate you coming and talking to us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've had a great time chatting. Absolutely. And please come back when you've got your next books out. We want to hear all about them. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And this is Patricia for Readers Entertainment Radio. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.